Today, I'm sitting down with PR guru and founder of a very own agency, Spencer Lauren, specializing in beauty, fashion, and everything in between. Spencer is also a dear friend of mine, and I couldn't be more excited to have her on with us today. So stay tuned. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Founded Beauty, a podcast dedicated to beauty entrepreneurs about some of the biggest brands today and where we learn exactly how they did it. We'll cover some of the most intimate stories, their path to success, and how they overcame the obstacles along the way. I'm Akash Mehta, CEO and co-founder of Fable and Main, a modern hair wellness brand inspired by ancient Indian beauty secrets. Building Fable and Main has been an incredible journey so far, and I decided to launch this podcast as a founder keen to learn and connect with fellow beauty brand founders around the world. I believe in collaboration over competition, and so I'm using this platform as a way to hopefully help and inspire each other in what can be quite a tough and lonely journey. So if you are an entrepreneur or simply just curious how to build a brand, this podcast is perfect for you. So without further ado, I'd like to welcome our guest for today, Spencer Lauren. An industry native with over six years of PR experience, Spencer has partnered with over 40 brands over her career, large to small, established to brand new, ranging from Allies of Skin to my very own brand, Fable and Maine and beyond. Her journey began at a small beauty PR agency in New York after college, working as an assistant with a love for beauty products, but zero PR experience at that time. But after learning the ropes and working her way up in the agency, she decided to move cross country to LA, where she worked as a beauty director for a larger PR firm. But in 2019, Spencer decided to start her own agency called Spencer Lauren PR, specializing in her passions, wellness, lifestyle, beauty, and fashion. And I cannot wait to share her story with you all today. And of course, our journey together too, as she was with us at Fable in Maine right from the near start. So Spencer, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. So Spencer, I asked all my guests the same question. Gotta ask you, who in a nutshell is Spencer? Well, as you just heard, I am a publicist and I have my own agency. But aside from that, I'm a absolute crazy dog mom, a very, very loyal friend, um, a hard worker. And yeah, I think I think I think that does it. That's beautiful. And I can vouch for all of them. Definitely. Uh, and especially loyal friend. You're, you're one of the most loyal people I know. So that's amazing. Uh, but we're going to get into that whole how it, how it all started and created. But I do want to go back in time first at the very beginning of Baby Spencer and sort of think about sort of what are those first introductions to beauty, wellness, all those avenues that you kind of are interested in now as a young, young child? Um, so I actually like fell in love with beauty when I was in college, just watching the YouTubers like Jaclyn Hill and just like the OG YouTubers doing makeup. Um, and after college, I had dreams of going into the music industry. I'd interned at record labels and like that was what I wanted to do. And then I moved home after college, interviewed at record label after record label and just kept getting denied. And I was at home with my parents and every night before bed, my mom like went to bed so early and my dad and I would just watch YouTube videos. And so he kind of got well-versed in, in beauty as well and was like interested in kind of like the business behind it and how crazy it was that these people were just making videos, simply like doing their makeup and people were watching and they were making millions and it was crazy. So I think in the back of my head, although I still was like, I need to do music because it was what I like said I wanted to do for all these years. I was like, wow, wouldn't it be really cool if there was something I could do in beauty? But I had absolutely no idea what it could possibly be. Um, And that was kind of my first like intro into 
beauty and my love for it was just watching these videos and thinking like, wow, what, I love this so much. Maybe one day it could be a career. And like, so did you like, perhaps around your late, like late teens or early twenties, like when was that moment where you're like, okay, like I've always been passionate, but let me actually go into beauty PR, for example. So it's actually a pretty crazy story of how I got into it because like I said, I was so set on, I mean, I I feel like people in college or at a certain age or whatever, they have this idea of what they want to do and, you know, it can change. And I think that's one of the biggest things I learned is like, even though you have a passion for something or you interned at a place, like that might not be where you end up and that is completely okay. Um, But for me- I, you know, I was watching all these videos with my dad and, um, you know, it it was became a bonding experience for us me like explaining to him, like, don't you see this eyeshadow? Like, don't you see like how she's using a beauty blender? Like, you know, all of that stuff. And um, we were at a dinner with family friends and they invited their family friends. And I was, you know, just being a teenager, like, I don't, I don't want to be sitting here. Like, I don't want to be at this dinner. Like, when can I leave? My dad started talking to the family friends that they had invited and, um, talking to her about her job. And she was like, Oh, I do PR for beauty brands. And my dad was like, Oh, I watch YouTube with my daughter all the time. We watch Jacqueline Hill. We watch Laura Lee. We watch all these people. And she literally was like, I'm looking for an assistant. Does she want a job? And that was it. So you had this opportunity and were you like, okay, let me just go with it and then have no action plan and see how it, where it takes me. Yeah. I, I mean, I, first of all, had no idea what beauty PR was, Yeah, but I heard the word beauty and she was like, I work with beauty brands. And I was like, okay, sounds, sounds good. And at that point I actually had finally taken a job at like a corporate company doing healthcare consulting, which was so not me, but you know, I just wanted to get experience. So I was like, you know what, anything to kind of like get me more into the industry that I think I want to be in. I was living at home in Maryland at the time and uh, she was looking for someone immediately. So I, I went to New York, I think the next week and I met the team and she was basically like, you know, you're hired. When can you start? And I moved to New York two weeks later and, and that was it. That is so cool. Okay. So in New York, how was New York? Give us the reality. I think everybody should experience New York if it's like, if they have an itch to do it, you know? Yeah. Coming from the East Coast, growing up on the East Coast, so many of my friends were there. I had done the summers there. My sister was there, you know? So I I knew a lot about it and I felt comfortable there, but New York was not for me. Um, it's just very fast paced and, you know, you're living in like a tiny apartment for an astronomical fee. And I kind of always had this dream of moving to LA and it was not going to go away until I actually did it, whether or not I got here and liked it or whatever. I was like, I'm doing it. So um, I lived in New York for three years, had a great experience. My best friends are still there. My sister is there. Um, But ultimately, like LA was the dream for me. And I thought, you know what? If, if this is a dream, like I may as well do it while I can. And, okay. So your first experience in your first agency, what were some of those highs um, that you can really remember that were quite pivotal as a young kind of, I guess, young employee, right? Like one of your first experiences as an, as an employed person. Yeah. I think something really big for me was because I had that experience watching all of these YouTubers. And at the time, obviously TikTok didn't exist and Instagram existed, but not in the way it does now. YouTube was really kind of like that place for the influencer Mm. to make those videos. And, um, I said to my boss at the time, like, we should be sending product to these people. And she had never done it before. And, you know, these large influencers started 
posting and the brands were thrilled. And that was kind of like the bread and butter for like a little while was like me reaching out to these influencers and obviously getting them on board and sending them products. The influencer world has changed so much now, but um, I think that was a really big moment for me that I could kind of bring something into the agency that I, you know, that they didn't have where they were also like teaching me so much about I mean, I walked in and was like, hey, guys, what am I supposed to What am I doing here? Like, I had no idea. So it was nice that I could also bring them a little bit of something that like, you know, they weren't well versed in either. Yeah. And did you find like working as, as a young employee at the time, did you did you have your voice heard um, or did you feel like it was a matter of like, OK, I had to show some results before? Because when I was at Dior, for example, like I had a lot of ideas and people were like, great, great. But then whether you actually get listened to is a, is a hard part, right? Yeah. What was your recipe for success there? I actually, I feel like because I was at a small agency and, um, you know, everybody was kind of all hands on deck, I, I was listened to. Yeah. Obviously at the beginning, I mean, I was just listening because I had no clue what I was supposed to be doing. Mm. But then I think I really gained that trust, especially when they saw the way that I like doing interacted with these influencers and, and the press and editors. And, um, you know, it was kind of like, okay, you know, she's getting it and, and we trust her. And, you know, if she has ideas, obviously not everything was like approved or said yes to, but it was definitely heard. That, and I think that's the benefit working in a, in a smaller sort of boutique startup, um, less people, more opportunities to be heard. But of course, there is that want and, and yearn to, to grow into something larger and get that kind of, I guess, bigger business, bigger company, bigger agency experience. And that's what you did when you moved to LA, if I'm correct. Yes, yes. I did. I, I went to, I, I wanted to move to LA and, you know, one thing led to another, someone reached out from a larger agency and I thought like, yeah. if I'm going to uproot my life and move to LA, like I should get a new job. I should, mm-hmm. you know, go work at this agency. I should meet people. Um, and it was definitely like a different experience than what I had. And, you know, they focused in fashion and I had been in beauty for, you know, three years at that point. So it was really cool to see different sides and also work with some name brands that, you know, I never thought I could ever, ever even get near. So, um, it was, it was exciting and a really, really great experience. And of course, moving cross country, knowing zero people is really difficult. And I met my best friends at that agency. Um, so, you know, overall it was an incredible experience. And I just want to ask that question I asked before at a bigger agency, because I think it's an important factor without like, you know, I don't want to like, um, make it, any issues. But generally speaking, when you're in a bigger company, sometimes then less can be, you, you get less kind of ears, right? And it gets a bit hard and a bit political, like any big company with many employees of course. processes. So how did you, uh, I'm sure that happened. So just how did you stay sane and what advice would you give to people maybe listening that are going through something similar? Yeah, I think you just have to kind of find your own way and what works for you and communication is key. I think that, you know, if I was ever feeling overwhelmed or felt like, you know, I had too many clients or needed assistance or needed help or, you know, needed an explanation on something, I always asked for it. And I think sometimes, you know, at a small agency, it's really easy to do so. You have the person next to you that, you know, is the highest person there and you're all kind of collaborating. But when you get to a larger agency, you really have to advocate for yourself and make sure that, you're getting everything that you need and also make sure that you're being heard in the agency and, and of course, doing your job so that you yeah. stand out amongst other people. And that's a very good point. Advocate for yourself is very, very powerful. And I think, yes, it depends so much on the type of environment, your your boss, your company structure. 
But um, there, and there's different ways to advocate, right? One is showing through your work. One is for speaking up and communicating. One is for standing up for yourself. Like there's so many levers in that. But I think um, all of that is so important to last as long as you can. But when you stop learning, then it's that time to potentially move on. And for you, I know that was probably a moment where you had a realization of, wait, I could do this myself. You know, I could create my own agency having had those quite quite duality of experiences, right? Small and large agencies. So how did you decide to create your own one? So again, I feel like every time, I feel like I always have these like crazy stories, but I think sometimes that's yeah. like the best way for something to start. Yeah. But um, to be honest, like I was working at this agency and during COVID, a lot of big agencies and just agencies and companies and everything were kind of going through it. And I got mm-hmm. a significant pay cut that would not allow me to pay my rent um, or really do live the life that I had been living. Not that it was extravagant, but like, I just wanted to simply pay my bills. Um, and so I thought yeah. to myself, like, what can I do? And it was like, just do what I'm doing now. So I was like, I'm going to find some small brands um, or try and get some money on the side so I could pay for my apartment and my food. Um, And I would, after my nine to five, I would say my five to nine was Instagram DMing from like my personal Instagram. I didn't even have a business Instagram, nothing. Just being like, please give me a chance. Like, I don't even care what you pay me. Like, please, please, please give me a chance. I will do PR for you. And I got some, you know, brands that, you know, hopped on board and I was so grateful for it. And one thing led to another and like word of, you know, word of mouth started happening and Mm -hmm. people started reaching out and it got to a point where I was like, okay, I need to make a decision. Um, Do I stop doing this on my own or do I make this my job? And I went back and forth for so long because it's so scary, as you know, to start your own business. And it's not secure in that sense. And there's no, yeah, possibilities. Yeah. It's not secure. And it's also, it's so funny because when I was saying to my parents, like, oh, I think I'm just going to go out on my own, they're like, you do realize you need like an accountant and like all the stuff. You can't just like go out on your own and then be like, oh, like this is it. Um, But ultimately, I realized that the clients that I was servicing on my own were a lot happier and getting like incredible results. And I thought to myself, like, okay, let's let's make this leap. And worst case scenario, it doesn't work out. And I go get a job at an agency. But here I am almost three years later. I'm so grateful. And I think one thing you said, which I think is very important to to pause and and just dive deep into that is word of mouth. And that's a very powerful way to grow, whether it's an agency or business or product. But like for Fable, for example, like word of mouth only works when the product's good. For you, word of mouth only happens when you deliver a good result. So I think it's very important that you ask like how you get the client. There's different ways, right? There's connections, there's cold calling, there's you know, whatever, there's so many different options and there's never really, yes, there's barriers to entry more than others, but there's still a way. There's always still a way. A power, anyone has access to messaging someone and there's a chance one person would read it and give you that chance. But delivering is so important. Um, so did you find it hard to like deliver, put on all the energy and hard work, but then juggle a second job? Because I did the same when I was at Dior, I was working at Fable. I was building Fable on the side, right? Like I was trying right. to do both. And then there was a moment where I was like, I can't do both. Like, and then it, it's scary, but you have to make a decision. But um, how did you balance it at that time? Yeah, I mean, yeah, you did the exact same thing. So you totally understand. It's like, 
I think for at the beginning, you know, obviously I didn't have like a roster of clients. I had a couple clients, you know, and some of them needed servicing in other ways than, you know, I was kind of just helping them with like whatever they need. Like some people I was like, okay, you need new photography. Let's get you a photographer and, you know, a bunch of different you know, things, um, not just like yeah. editorial. I was like, I'll do anything, you know, in the end, when you get to a certain level, it was like, I could either do a really, really terrible job at my current job yeah. or do a really, really terrible job on my own. Yeah. Um, and that was ultimately what took me of like, to the place of like, okay, make, make a decision. Like you can't do this forever. So, so th- and that's when I want to go into this for anyone listening that either and this is quite, you know, a service-led industry, right? You're providing services as opposed to like mine, which is a product. Uh, with a the product, there's some other levers, but um, having created an agency myself, I can also relate to the differences. Um, tell everyone listening, like some advice if people want to potentially create their own boutique consultancy agency, what is the rough process and recipe book for that? So I don't think there's a recipe book. And I think that's why... I was successful because I just was completely myself the whole time. And I was like, I'm just going to go for it. And Mm. you can't be afraid. I think that's the biggest thing is like, you have to just tell yourself, like, I'm going to go for it and I'm going to give it my all. And the worst case scenario is it doesn't work out and that's okay. It might not work out. It really might not work out. And that is completely fine. Um, But you have to give it a try. And I think that was kind of the biggest like moment for me was like, this is really, really terrifying. I'm going to go out on my own. I don't have the security of having a paycheck every two weeks. Um, I obviously started this with zero investment, zero money, nothing. So it, it was really terrifying. But at the end of the day, I thought like, would I regret it more to go for it and mess this up or not go for it at all and wonder what it could have been? So that was kind of my decision process. That's a very good advice. I, you know, I always tell people, especially students or young entrepreneurs, I say, Um, you've been practicing for many years studying and doing exams, right? Like in high school, college, if they go to college. And I kind of tell them, they always ask me like, but how do I start creating your own thing? It's so scary. And I say, you can't be fearful of the fact of failing. You have to embrace it and know it's a potential reality. But also it's like, you've been practicing this for years. Like when you go to school, you know, there'll be some exams that you might fail, but you don't go into that exam studying thinking, oh my God, I'm going to fail. I'm so nervous. You think I want to pass. Like, what do I do to study to pass? And when you end up getting that unfortunate fail, you might either be like two options. One is, okay, let's retake, let's try again. Or you might be like, actually, this is not for me. That's okay. I'll, I won't pursue that later. Uh, I'll do another degree, another course, another. And I think that's a very important way of how we look at things growing up is similar to business. It's really, really similar. So there shouldn't be that fear of, oh my God, should I do it? It's a fear of, okay, prepare yourself for success. And if it happens, right. move on yeah. or pivot or retry. Yeah. No, totally. So I love that the fact that you said that is like, there isn't really a recipe, but there's just that kind of mindset that's so important when starting. Yeah. Um, And if you don't have that mindset, maybe wait a bit until that mindset starts to to gather because it's very important. Totally. And I didn't have that mindset before, you know, I didn't start this thinking that. And then when I got to the mindset, I was like, okay, maybe it's, maybe it's the time to do this. It's not, it wasn't something that I, you know, had thinking, okay, this whole time I'm going to start my own agency or do my own thing. It just, you know, one thing led to another. And when I finally had to make that decision, I went for it. So now I want to know some of the highlights of creating Spencer Lauren, your agency. And of course, one of them should be getting fable and me, oh, but tell us a little best. bit about the journey to, to date. Yeah. So, I mean, 
of course, like I'm, I'm not even just saying this, Fable and Maine has been an incredible brand to work with and obviously getting to know you and being friends with you and Nikki has been incredible. Um, but I think for me, one of the biggest things is when I was like, okay, maybe, maybe this is working out was when brands like Fable and Maine would reach out to me. Like, you know, you, I remember Nikki had found me on Instagram and you at that point, I mean, you were in Sephora, you were still, it was right at the beginning, but you know, um, in any brand in Sephora for me was like, they're reaching out to me. Like why me? Um, so I think though that was, you know, really big when I started having brands that I recognized the name of or had seen in stores, like reaching out to me, I was like, okay, this is crazy. Like it's a brand that I have in my bathroom and they're reaching out to me. Like, this is amazing. Um, but then I think also when I got to the point where I had to hire people, um, I was like, wow, this, this is, this is legit. Like I have to hire people. And I do want to make it clear that I don't ever want to make this a big agency. We will stay small. But, um, you know, when I got to the point of being like, wow, I cannot maintain this business right you know, fully by myself, it was a moment of really intense fear because then I'm like, okay, now I have to pay someone else's salary. Um, but it was also a moment of, wow, this, this is working. I have to hire other people to help me. So I think those two things were really big moments for me. And in terms of sort of like the future, no one really truly knows um, what the future really holds for us, but we have some visions, right? Um, what are sort of the visions for you um, right now, right? 2023, we're just starting. Yeah. So we've actually been expanding a little bit into um, not just beauty, which has been really exciting. I think, you know, with word of mouth and with connections and things, people come to you with um different brands and different ideas. And I think at first that was really scary to me because I was like, oh, I know beauty and and wellness so well. Should I expand? Is this something I should look into? But um, we've started to expand into fashion and jewelry as well. And it's it's been great and really exciting. And I think the cool thing about that is like, I'm able to partner some of my beauty brands with some of my fashion brands and jewelry brands. And um, it's, it's just been really cool to see the way that the, the company has evolved into doing other things. And, um, you know, obviously bringing on employees has helped that as well because they have different experiences at different agencies and what they can bring. So um, obviously focused on, on keeping the business, you know, where it's at and expanding into, you know, other, other, um, areas and seeing, you know, where that takes us. Very exciting. No. And, and I think also it's great to just be able to now think about, oh, wow, the family's growing, right? Like, uh, it's exciting moment to have more people on the journey with you because it can be quite lonely, um, in creation, but also, you know, all, no one really understands the struggle unless you're in the, the whole sphere of it all right the vortex of the, the, the brand or the, the company um so yeah how does it feel like to have now um yeah your own team it's great um my assistant's amazing she was my first hire and um with her I think you know as you know and I remember when when I first started with Fable like you had maybe two or three people and now you guys are literally a huge team yeah. with an office and it's just amazing and I know you and I have had conversations on the side about you know all of this yeah. kind of stuff too which is so nice to have you on this journey with me as well. But, you know, my, my assistant that I hired, I, she's been awesome. And the thing with that was I hired her the same way that someone hired me. I took a complete chance on her. She had no experience, but I loved 
the way that she interviewed and how she showed up and what she said and her passion. And that to me was worth kind of more than anything. Um, so it's been yeah. great to have her. And then um, we have a director who I actually worked with at a past agency and we've finally come back together and she's a good friend of mine and it's, she has been super helpful and um, I was able to take my first vacation in three years um, since having her. So, right. yeah, yeah. so um, it, I think that was like the best, the best thing. And, and before we start like wrapping it up and go to fire run, I, I have a few more questions. One is sort of, I don't know if this is something that you, you tech, tech make me practice, but do you have any like rituals that keep you grounded as a business owner that maybe people listening can be like, oh, you know what, that's really useful. I might try that. Yeah, I think so. PR is really interesting because it's every day is something new. Yeah. Um, but I, but every day I close my computer at a specific time and I'm done. Um, and I think yeah. that's a really helpful thing. Obviously, if my client's having an emergency or whatever it is, like different yeah. story. But when I was working yeah. at agencies, it was almost like a 24-7 job. And mm it never really ended. And I never felt like I could go to a Pilates class because I was so concerned if my phone was going to ring during it. And I think that from the start, you know, I've, I've been clear like with my clients and, and with my staff that you need time for yourself and you need to do things. And for me, like I love to play tennis. That's an hour of the week that like my phone is off and I text my staff, like it's tennis time. I won't be on for an hour. And I think it's yeah. really important to do that for yourself. And then also give, give your staff that, that time of, you know, just do what makes you happy. And that's, that's the key. Um, so also, as you know, one more thing, how is Pippa doing? <laughs> Oh, well, she, Pippa is great. She's just the best. She's For anyone listening, who is Pippa? Explain Pippa. <laughs> Pippa is my three pound mutt who's just the, the cutest, cutest, cutest ever. Yeah. Um, she's great. She is always perfect. She's upstairs in the apartment and she's our mascot and um, you'll have to fly in for her birthday next year. Definitely. Uh, you, <laughs> a, Spencer throws the best birthday parties for Pippa and two, you, okay, it's a plug to follow Spencer. I'll put all the links anyway, but you have to follow Spencer <laughs> on Instagram because Pippa is like the best. I'm surprised Pippa doesn't have her own Instagram. But, you know what? Um, when I first got her, I started it and then I thought like, oh my, oh, how am I going to do? I'm like, I just put it on my personal. And if you follow me there, you get, you get a taste of her. You get a bit of everything. It's great. That's <laughs> why I, I like that. Um, so we'll get a fire on questions now. I usually have a desert island situation question, but I'm not going to do okay. that to you because I'm going to be like, I'll be like, what brand would you bring with you? And I'll be like, so harsh. Oh, don't worry. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I, I, I have the oil in my hair now. I'm, I have a slicked yeah. bun with the oil. Yeah, of course. There you go. I love it. Okay, <laughs> fire round question. So the first question is, what's a beauty brand that you're currently loving? And let's go off your roster, like just a beauty brand that you love. Okay, good question. Um, I love the outset. Um, I'm yeah. not sure if you're familiar, but I'm sure you are. Yeah, yeah. We um, had um, the, the, uh, the, the brand on the podcast as well. with the Amazing. I, I haven't had Scarlet on, but yeah. I have been very impressed by that brand. I think obviously there are so many celebrity brands and I try just about everything. Mm -hmm. My apartment is a Sephora, Ulta mix combination. Um, but I've been really, really impressed with that brand. I think it's just really good, nice skincare that makes my skin look very hydrated. Yeah, I love them. And, and, and Kate's a dear friend and, and honestly the, the, the brand and everything they're doing is phenomenal. Amazing. So yeah, definitely listen to the episode if you haven't, and you'll have yes. a really good one. Um, the next question is, do you have a favorite quote or like a saying that you keep close to your heart? 
It sounds really cheesy, but it's everything happens for a reason. And I think that is so true in this industry because, you know, in PR, obviously like you could lose a client, you could gain a client. And I think it's, it's scary, you know, when it's your own business and your own money and you have salaries to pay. Um, but when one I guess another one is when one door opens and another when one, one door closes, another, another door closes. Opens. Yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Like, and when um, one door opens, another one closes too. Sometimes you want to close exactly, it. exactly. Fine, it goes you know? both ways. Yeah. It goes both ways. Yeah, it's so true. And I think one thing which is really important is when you have certain things that didn't go to plan or you don't enjoy or you didn't like, it's always important to stay authentic, integral to yourself, and and a good person. Because exactly, if you have that mentality, everything happens for a reason. Things totally. always end up happening like take us for example like we had a pause at one moment because we decided to go in-house with our PR and then when we decided to go back to agency you are you know our first phone call so like yeah everything like you might it not make happens sense. for a reason right it happens for a reason and it works reason. out and I think that's a very important um and then you know because you just end up being a you know you you have that mentality you end up showcasing the right you the best you and i think that's always so important uh, not let your yeah. emotions take over so yeah i i agree with that I, sometimes when i sometimes in the business things happen where i'm like oh my god we just printed like thirty thousand cartons with lauren epsom on there <laughs> and i still tell myself in those crazy moments everything happens for a reason even though it shouldn't it doesn't feel like it should happen for that <laughs> i'm like what reason is this i have no idea the reason sometimes you I don't find myself. out the reason <laughs> you're never but... meant to know the reason <laughs> It just keeps but it saying, works out. Nice. The universe knows the reason. Sometimes we don't. The find universe out knows the reason. Exactly. <laughs> um, my last question, Spencer, is: If you weren't in the beauty industry, what would Spencer be doing right now? I do think I would be in the music industry. Um, is that Ooh. the right decision for me? I'm not sure, but I think. Yeah. Um, I do. I love music. I play guitar myself, so it was something like very close to my heart. Um, and of course, like my internships were all in music. So I do think I would be doing something in music. I don't know what it would be. Maybe it would be a, a, a publicist to, you know, mm-hmm. singers and songwriters, but I do think that's where I would be if I wasn't here. Well, Spencer's been such a pleasure speaking with you as always. I want to, um, in case anyone listening, we have a lot of brand founders, um, even small brand founders or um, uh, news people potentially thinking about creating a brand. Uh, I can definitely 100% vouch for, for Spencer as an incredible PR. Otherwise, I wouldn't even put my brand in there in the trust of hers. So there's a proof of the pudding there. But um, where can people find you, follow you, and also like potentially reach out to you to uh, explore potentially being on your roster? Yeah, amazing. So um, my Instagram is Spencer Lauren PR. And my personal Instagram, if anyone has like any questions or is starting their own business or has just any questions at all is just Spencer Lauren. So yeah, you can find me there very easy. And I'm, I'm so glad we were able to do this. It's my first podcast and I was like so nervous this morning, but you always make everyone feel so comfortable. <laughs> I mean, you've helped me get loads of guests on this podcast. I'm like, about time you come on, get a taste of your own medicine. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm yeah. like, I was like shaking <laughs> <You know? laughs> this morning. <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh God, I'm gonna, I'm t- and you know, you tell all your, oh, you have to do this podcast or go in there. It's amazing. And then you're like, wait, no, yeah. now you And I'm it. like, oh, no, me? I- yeah, when you asked me, I'm like, really? You're doing this to me? <laughs> I'm doing it to you. Um, I, I don't know why it took me so long, but I was like, no, I'm doing it now. Um, so I'm so glad. But um, I put all the links in the summary so people can just tap straight away. And Spencer, I'll see you next week when I'm in LA. So I'm very I excited. can't wait. Can't Thank wait. you. 
hope you enjoyed this episode of Founded Beauty as much as I had making it. And if you did, please share it with a friend who you think will love it too. Founded Beauty is available on all podcast platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music Podcasts, the Acast app, and many more. And I'm also very proud to be part of the Acast Creator Network. So be sure to follow the podcast so you can get episodes as soon as they drop. We really appreciate every single follow, listen, share, and review. It truly goes such a long way and helps us reach new listeners. So as a little thank you, I will be hosting a giveaway each week on my Instagram channel at meta underscore a, where you can win some amazing Fable of Maine goodies. All you have to do is follow me, check out my stories and all will be revealed. Stay tuned for the next episode of Founded Beauty and don't forget to subscribe and follow so you can be notified when it drops.